Hey guys, welcome to Hope It Helps. Today's guest is Selena Young. Selena is a LinkedIn expert, coach, and keynote speaker who previously worked at LinkedIn as an account director focusing on marketing solutions. Last year, she decided to set off on her own and take all her experience and launch her own company called The In Academy, where she works with visionary entrepreneurs to unlock their full potential on LinkedIn, to skyrocket their online presence, build strong personal brands, turn connections to customers, and boost social engagement on LinkedIn to generate high-impact leads. In this episode, we discuss the power of LinkedIn and why it's so important to build a strong presence, both for your personal brand and for your business. She shares with us some amazing tips and strategies on how to optimize your profile and stand out. And we talk about the challenges of content creation and why consistency is crucial. And the last message she wanted to share with all of us is don't wait to build your brand. Start today, not tomorrow. And yesterday has already passed. Please welcome to the show, Miss Selena Young. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. So, uh, Selena, welcome to the show. Uh, for guys, for the people who don't know, so me and Selena connected through LinkedIn and I found out about her through some mutual connections we had and Selena runs her own uh, academy called The In Academy. She's a previous worker at LinkedIn and she decided to take all that knowledge and experience and now works with companies and professionals to help them build their brands, increase sales uh, and much, much more. And her content is really engaging. I've definitely learned a lot from it just listen, watching the short videos she does and some white papers and stuff so i thought it'd be amazing to have her on the show especially now when everyone's trying to look for a job um you know people want to increase companies want to increase sales so many different ways and linkedin is a platform that's become so important and so powerful that i think having an expert on the show that could t teach us all the ins and outs of how to use it and you know how should we be thinking about it would be super useful but before we get into everything selena why don't you give all of us a little bit of background about yourself and we'll take it from there Absolutely. And thank you so much for having me at the show again. And I'm really excited to the conversation ahead. And um, yeah, to a little bit about me, um, like your perfect introduction. I'm Selena Yang, aka I like to call it your LinkedIn girl, a LinkedIn expert. I used to work for the platform as their account director at the LinkedIn Marketing Solution, which is a business team um, for a couple of years. And in the middle of COVID, I wanted to reunite with my family. And uh, slowly after, I founded the In Academy and moved to Europe, um, which is where I'm based now. And now I'm working with entrepreneurs, side hustlers, and different B2B brands to unlock their full potential on LinkedIn and skyrocket their online presence, social engagement, as well as generating like sales and high quality leads. Awesome. So thank you for sharing that with us. So I wanted to start before you uh, started working at LinkedIn, because it sounds like that's where you got, you know, that kind of led you to where you are right now and learning about the platform and the power of it. So before you started at LinkedIn, what was your perspective on LinkedIn? Did you think it was useful? Did you understand the concept of like social selling and branding? Just walk us through what were your thoughts before compared to now going through that experience, how you feel right now? Yeah, that's a really good question question um and i would say linkedin it's really myster mysterious for me um before i join i have i actually are the pretty preliminary um members who joined at linkedin uh roughly around 2013 or even 2014 which is they don't have a huge audience or huge members yet but i do see the value of the platform but i really use it as an online resume because friends are telling me like, hey, Selena, go to the platform. 
they have great jobs there, great opportunity, and it's like a professional network. And I like it and I attracted to it because obviously we have Facebook. Instagram is big, but at the same time, I don't really click to the platform by then. So um, I never really feel there's a need for sort of growing my presence on Instagram. But I sort of understand that social platform I can post um, friends pictures, you know, post today, having broadcast with you, right? Um, But something really drawn to me about LinkedIn and slowly after in 2018, I got uh, Headhunter uh, from LinkedIn, a talent acquisitioner, reach out to me and asked me whether I will be interested to join the team. So that's how everything sort of begin. But to your point, the perspective of branding, I know it's important. I understand the power of social media. I also know it's important to have a strong online presence, but I did not take action by them. Building my own um, personal branding, amplifying my voice through uh, social selling. Uh, so right after I joined LinkedIn, I learned through daters. Uh, one of the very shocking LinkedIn internal data is that 78% of people that are using SoSo to sell are ahead of their peers who are not using SoSo. So these are all the things that I learned so much um, through uh, sort of working there. And the data just shocked me so much of how much I do not um, utilize it when I don't know about social selling as well as the power of personal branding. Sure, sure. And that, that, I guess that makes a lot of sense because for that number, 78%, that's a huge number. So it kind of just, you know, speaks to you and shows you that, wow, there actually is a lot of work that can be done here that can, you know, help us, uh, help, help us move forward in whatever you're trying to do. But I'm curious. So when you were at LinkedIn, you were an account director, right? So what, as an account director, what does that role entail is it working with businesses to get them onto linkedin or like talent solutions or because i'm trying to see what how does it compare from what you did then to what you're doing right now right now yeah oh i love that question so there's four business solution i like that you mentioned talent solution is obviously the bread and butter and a marketing solution is actually their second strongest strength which is uh advertising so I have been working as a marketer and sales background for the longest time. Okay. And this is perfect role because it's dynamic. I'm selling advertising solution, but at the same time, I need to know the basis of marketing, especially B2B marketing. So my role is as first the brand ambassador, basically everybody working at LinkedIn or the brand ambassador. And B is to uh, sell uh, advertising solution to B2B companies to sort of like leverage it. And, and obviously a lot of people might come to you um, or you have heard about, oh, Selena, the, uh, the um, CPC, all the advertising um, costs are so expensive on LinkedIn. It's true, but at the same time, because they're not really looking at the revenue they're always looking at the number of leads. So this is where I come in. And um, my role right now, to your point, as an entrepreneur, these are all transferable skill set that I learned that it helps me a lot. And I echo so much with you when, Kelly, you told me about your salesperson in uh, Amsterdam, working for corporates and some of the really amazing giant startup as well. And I can feel that transferable skills really entice you to your success right now as 
um, your own boss as well as a broadcaster and helping different people and coach them with how successful it is to being present online. Yeah, no, for sure. And uh, like, I think you made a good point that about the transferable skills, I think uh, having a background in sales and marketing for that matter, it really does open you up to a lot of different things There's because they're like, I call them, you know, people call them soft skills or people skills. It's how do you, you know, sell to someone? How do you market to someone? So the, and especially when you're launching a business, those skills do come in very handy because you already have that background. So when you were talking about you said you wanted to, uh, when COVID happened, you wanted to leave, you wanted to be closer, you know, to your family. So what made you decide then to actually start this business and to decide, you know, it's my, I've learned what I can at LinkedIn. And I think there's a niche in the market that I feel I can have, you know, a lot of impact with. Oh, I love that question. And obviously, I mean, Haley, you have been following my content and I've been keep sharing my stories and nothing that I shy away from it. Um, so in the middle of COVID, it was really tough because I've been having the, this long distance relationship with my husband and I couldn't basically jump on the plane and next day seeing him. And um, so I decided to quit LinkedIn. Um, and it was really tough because it's a very high paying job. It's very stable. And I have built amazing relationship with my colleague as well as my 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 peers that working at LinkedIn and I'm still learning a lot. So it's it's to me it's it's a crazy move, but deep down I know it's a it's a thing that I have to do. And so I go ahead and do it. Uh, but little did I know, I mean, I know the potential of the platform, but I never thought I'm going to jump the gun and start something about LinkedIn. Um, I'm in sort of like a discovery stage right after I quit the job. I have that like really weird pivotal moment where you're like, oh shit, what am I doing right now? And looking at my bank account, I do not save a lot. What's going on? Everything else. Um, just basically my impulsive syndrome, uh, me just have been attacking me, right? And I don't know what to do. And I, I moved to this new country in Luxembourg, which they speak um, primarily Luxembourgish, French, German, which I don't speak none of this uh, European language. And it was really tough for me to find a marketing and sales job because that's you need to speak the language. Um, so, yeah, so it was really tough. Um, and so I started to block and. I'm not even good at blocking. That's the thing. And I started to sort of share a little bit of some of the inside tips of how you should be using LinkedIn and how other people are seeing it in the wrong way. Like, for example, I did it too, like just an online CV, but there's so much more you can leverage it with. And like you and me connected through LinkedIn, like building relationship is another thing that I see a huge um, thing that I again, gain so much friends, new friends and community around that. So, so yeah, so, so I would say the block and then somehow my, some, the, that becomes um, a present that some of the people know, oh, Selena, you're no longer at LinkedIn. So what do you do now? It's like, oh, I opened this company called LinkedIn Pro. So it's not the academy um, yet. And I, I just uh, got my first client and then second client coming and then third slowly after start rolling. So everything happened for a reason, I would say. <laughs> no, for sure. And I love that the, um, 
it started as a, you know the company came out of something that you weren't planning to do but you want to be closer to your family and then you moved to a new country and all these kind of things and just you just started doing something and as time went on you have your expertise and you're able to leverage that and grow your business to where it is now so that's awesome i love that story and um I think there's so many stories like that, that people start from somewhere, they watch something one day, they're like, okay, maybe I'll just start doing this. And then two years down the line, they have a business, you know, it's running. So I love, I really, really like that story. So coming on to the In Academy. So you guys do, you help uh, individuals either get a job uh, and do their personal branding for, or corporate branding and increase sales. Now, in your experience, you've been going now for, I believe, two years uh, with the business, and you probably worked with lots of different clients for different reasons. Out of those three, which have you found to be, I guess, the one that's most challenging? Wow, this is great. So um, first of all, um, we're uh, transitioning a little bit that we're no longer helping uh, people to find jobs. So we're targeting okay. really entrepreneurs as well as coaches to, to do it. But to your really interesting question, I would say, um, which is the most challenging? I would say they are all uh, achievable, basically. It's, it's not a challenge, only if the clients are willing um, to change their mindset and go ahead and sort of like commit it or um, determined to make a positive change in their life. Something that as a coach, I could guide them, fast track them with a the result. I can show them a really good framework. But by the end of the day, everything is achievable if you set your mind to it. Just like you, you know, you also move to a new country and then move back to your awesome home and started your own uh, business and gig, right? It needs to have certain uh, mentality as well as mindset that you set in doing that and very successful, there's nothing you can go back with, then you're determined to go ahead and, and make, make, make that happen. So I would say everything is achievable if you set your mind to it. <laughs> uh, no, I, I resonate with that a lot. And I, I totally agree, especially in the part that, you know, you, you can't go back. So the only way is forward. And if you have the right mindset, you can get there. So the reason I was asking that question, because from my perspective, I was thinking, I'm like, okay, building a brand, I can, I can understand how that would be, uh, like you said, they're all challenging and they are all achievable. But and from my perspective, I would think that probably finding a job would be the hardest one because that it's I just feel there's so much competition because finding a job also falls into, you know, your personal brand. Like if you go on someone's profile before my CV, like who is Selena, who is Khaled? So there's a lot more moving parts to that. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, I would say so. Um, and I would also say, like like I share with you, the shift between the business model, um, I think I just just like six months ago, we decided no longer taking any clients that is, you know, coming to us with finding a job. Perhaps is more, I felt like the tr transformation is not as huge that I want um, from, from my clients. And I think ultimately they, they have their eyes for a certain company um, exactly. yet they, that might not be the perfect path for them. Uh, despite I have seen what has happened, but because you're a coach, you can only advise them with the most honest opinion, yet it might not be the perfect approach for them moving forward, right? So yeah, so, so to your point, I, I, I would say then, then getting a job is more challenging. The transformational um, hurdle, it's, it's more difficult. 
Yeah, yeah. And like you mentioned that you mentioned a great point that it's because when you're finding a job, it's a very, I think, personal kind of thing. It's not like when I'm a business and I'm trying to increase sales. It's a, you know, I'm much more open, but with jobs, it's a personal thing. You're a bit more selective. And like you said, it's you can only guide them. With other, with you know the other avenues, you probably can have a bit more of an input, you know, in making them successful. So on that point, let's say me and you started working together. I'm your client, and I'm like, how do I then how or how would you advise me to measure my success? Like, how would I know that, Selena? You know, I've been doing what you told me for the past month, two months. And I don't know if I'm on the right track. So what maybe could you tell us how would you measure success? And number two is what are some good maybe indicators that, you know, I'm on the right track? Sure. I, I love that question because, you know, me as a data girl. So two things you need to first look at is um, it's only accessed by anybody um, from LinkedIn. It's called the private to you dashboard. It's so simple. It's right under your profile and it's blue. Everything is white. Um, is under your summary, and they will give you three data. Um, but ignore those three data on the top right. There's an all-star. If you have that, kudos to you, which means you have completed the foundation of LinkedIn uh, profile, which you have, like, you know, recommendation, headline, summary, everything else. But you don't have the all-star. That means um, you are not basically fully optimized the foundation of it. And I will yeah. tell you this really crazy data. If you're not an all-star profile on LinkedIn, all the posts that you're posting on LinkedIn, it will have a decreased reach really? if um, you're posting it. That's really sad, right? Yeah. So um, that's like basically the most um, simple things to start with. Second is the social selling index. I have been a huge advocator um, when it comes to social selling index. It's again, it's totally open for any members to check their score. If you are below 65 of the score, again, that will hurt like your um profile getting search appearance when people are searching for you um then it will be something that it's difficult for them to take uh, find you as well so profile visibility as well as obviously social selling which is whether you have built a good strong uh, personal brand so these are the two that i will start with other metrics i love to look for my clients is how many people uh, viewed at your profile uh, over the past 90 days? So it's back to the private dashboard, those three numbers, but the very first one. So um, just to put a number to it, I think a healthy number should be somewhere around 2000 views uh, over 90 days. Then I would say that's a pretty solid uh, LinkedIn profile. And then obviously later when it comes to sort of um, nitty gritty of whether you're strong is to basically amplifying your thought leadership uh, or what, what I call it the voice of authority, which you need to start posting things, which is engagement rate. And the last is the search appearance, which if um, a good profile done an amazing, fantastic job, people will be able to find you. For example, Kali, I can find you very easily on LinkedIn because you have done an amazing job on LinkedIn and your SEO, which is search engine optimization have been optimized. So whenever I'm finding a broadcaster in Dubai, you will be the, you know, a few first few that will appear. So these are a couple of things that would really uh, prove how strong and successful you have built an online presence on LinkedIn. 
Okay, that's really that's really interesting because I'm aware of all the things you've spoken about, but I guess I didn't have the data behind it to judge even for myself. I'm like, am I am I good? Am I bad? Am I? I know I have the all star profile. I have you know a couple of things. I'm like, I know I'm okay, but I'm like, but this is good to know that now I have at least some numbers to go back to to test myself against. Yeah, okay, that's interesting. That's really cool. And so I had a, a while ago, I had someone on the podcast who was also ex LinkedIn. He was the I think the director of sales for all of uh, Middle East and uh, Africa. And he gave me, he, he was so nice. Uh, he actually gave me a, a full like LinkedIn one hour masterclass. And he walked me through like spacing, like your profile picture, like your name, like the audio, like all these little like tweaks to like improve your profile. Um, so I have an idea about a couple of them, but as you know, each platform, you know, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, LinkedIn, have its own algorithm and its own way that it works, you know, to increase engagement, to increase views. So from your, in your expert opinion, is there a, I guess, a feature or something in the algorithm that either is very easy to people, it's very easy to use and people aren't using it? Or is there one that no one is really aware of and that could have a huge, you know, impact for them? Yeah, absolutely. But very quickly, uh, back to your previous point, I just want to tiptoe on that because that's great that you have that conversation with a director of sales um, uh, who is looking after um, Africa market, I, 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 I heard. Um, I also have like a free resource for any of the audience that is listening today's um, feel free to go to the inacademy.com. It's a complete free resource that you can download. It's like a full list of sharing with you how you can be an all-star LinkedIn profile. But on top of it, I want all your audience to be a rock-star LinkedIn profile. That's awesome. So we'll give you a deep dive with a whole complete list, what is missing, what needs to be done, as well as actionable next step. So I hope that is helpful. But back to your great point, I love talking about Agrifilm because obviously LinkedIn have been changing so crazily. And just to very quickly share with you, LinkedIn polls are crazy right now. So whoever that is listening to this podcast right now, please try LinkedIn polls. Um, it's going viral at the moment. Um, I I was sharing with my clients the other day. It's his very first time posting on LinkedIn, and he got two thousand engagement. Wow. Two thousand. That's a lot for That's, LinkedIn, right? Because yeah. it's it's all professional, and then got almost like nine thousand views of that. So wow. uh, LinkedIn post is good, and that that go to you know the the main gist of your amazing question is that specific things that is underutilized is drill time. So what's dwell time means, um, I think a lot of platforms have that, but I think that is uh, unto, uh, not fully being utilized in a user perspective. So this LinkedIn dwell time means members content on the newsfeed when, you know, um, um, Holly, when you're, you're going scrolling. through the newsfeed, yeah. you're yeah, strolling, right? And that's basically the time distribute spend. So a little bit of background, like LinkedIn core value is to basically focusing on putting members first, day in and day out, helping each other to show the world who they are and make the most out of it, right? So LinkedIn really value members time. So in order to do that, as Newsleep, they control a little bit, a, a couple of indicator to measure dual time is when we slow down uh, while we're strolling on our home Newsleep page. That's how dual time works. The other thing is when we click on the pieces of content with the see more button, 
then that's how dual time will work in place as well. And last but not least is how long do you spend on that content before you bounce this away to something else? So if a person or member have a fantastic uh, content that could hold a little bit of the dwell time, then that content will have a higher performing engagement. Okay, I didn't. I had no idea about uh, dwell time. I'm familiar about the see the see more part, and I guess it makes sense now why that would play into dwell time. But yeah, because I I know on TikTok they have something. It's kind of similar called watch time. You know, if a video is 30 seconds, how many people have watched it for how long? But I didn't know LinkedIn had one too. That's really interesting. That's good to know. And um, so on that point, so uh, I just want to share from my experience because I'm, I'm curious to see what what you'd say. So I've noticed in the posts that I do, number one, if it's text, always 90% of the time it has more, uh, it's viewed more times, but I don't, I know that doesn't necessarily mean it's engaged with more times. So I'm aware of that. Uh, video seems to be, because I see some videos and they have incredible engagement rates. The ones I've done haven't, you know, done that well. So that's why I've been kind of sticking to text a bit more. So as a, if you're, like, you know, advising me or, you know, a client and they're going, they're in a similar situation to me, what is the, what should I, what should I be looking for when I, when I post, you know, what's the kind of engagement that would tell me that was a good post or was, is it comments? Is it likes? Is it shares? I, I'm still not very familiar with what would be the best option for that. Love that comments at all time because LinkedIn wants people to drive conversation as you can see okay. all over their like blog all over their press everything is about driving meaningful conversation you can see that like if you just basically click command shift f on their linkedin um like driving conversation is perhaps will pop 10 times on the landing page so driving conversation is the very first thing that the platform wanted to do so comments weighted way heavier than any of those engagement okay. um, that happened yeah. Okay. And they they also have engagement quality as well behind the algorithm, which perhaps like for example, Hali, I check out your amazing content. If I just like leveraging through like what Facebook or Instagram is doing with thumbs up or just an emoji, that engagement content, sorry, quality score will be very low. Whereas if I write a longer sentence, really reacting to you plus tagging you back, then that will really help your content a lot. Okay. Yeah, I hope that 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 makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, that make that makes a lot of sense. And you know, listening to that explanation, I'm thinking back, you know, to my post metrics and stuff. That actually does like if I remember the posts that had the most comments, those are the ones that were viewed the most times. Those are the ones that were most successful. So no, no, that makes that makes perfect sense. And Coming on to, so this is a debate. This is something, this is, you know, the famous debates I think people have when you're creating any type of content, but let's talk about LinkedIn in particular. So I follow um, Gary V, which I'm sure you're uh, familiar with. And his always, no matter what platform, his, yeah, everyone, exactly. His thing has always been, he's always pushed. It's about, it's uh, capture, you know, don't create. Like be con just be consistent with posting content. So he's he's about, more i guess quantity than quality what where do you fall on that debate is it you know should i post five times a week that is okay maybe not the not bad but not the best kind of content or if i did three like fantastic 
really, you know, worked on posts, what would you say? Is it quality? Is it quantity? I know it's a combination of the two, of course, but what would you say if you had to, you know, follow on site? <sighs> I was about to exactly answer you like the Swiss answer, which is I don't think it shouldn't be a debate. If I really have to <laughs> choose, I think I would do consistency as well. Okay. Um, but I do uh, always share with my clients and my audience, your first video, your first post is not going to be Stella. Your first LinkedIn poll might fail. Your first video might flop. Um, nothing is perfect, but you always need to strike a balance, right? Not to do it, scare of failure, of go ahead and do it and capture as many data as you can, right? And I love using the word experimenting, more than anything else because the more that you experiment you will find a lot about yourself as well as how your audience love to sort of um see you showing up whether it's more about your story or more about educational content that you teach them about you know how to run a successful podcast like you or like like um uh, business things, uh, business entrepreneur sort of motivation things or what it is going to be, right? So experiments is the key here, but also really consistency, right? You need to basically show up. Like you can't be one one week, show up for five days and the next week, bam, you're, you're off the grid, right? So I do see the beauty of that, but not necess- not to say that you need to take a discount in terms of the quality mm. of the content though. And yeah. always think about, okay, before I press uh, post, is this something that I am proud of or my audience would like to see? If that's a big yes, go ahead and press that. So this is sort of my take. I hope sure. that's not like too Swiss of an answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's a great answer. And I think the, uh, the point you made about right before you post, ask yourself the question is that, is it, you know, would my audience engage this or am I proud of this piece of content? I think that's always a good, um, you know, indication of whether you're happy with it or not. You know, it's like, would I read this post? Would I watch this video? Yes. Okay, cool. Go ahead. If not, maybe take a step back um, and do that. And I think I, I saw one of your posts that because a lot of people say the challenge of being consistent is the creation of consistent content, you know, that's new and so on. And I, I saw one of your posts, it was about and it was five key elements and I thought they were really, really great. You know, uh, something motivational, a personal story, uh, work experience. Some There was two more that I'm not really familiar with. Um, but do clients, even if you give, even if like you gave a client those five, those five things, sorry, I'm missing two of them. I feel sometimes as a, if you're trying to create content consistently, even if I have the framework, it can still be, it's like, okay, I know I have to post about this, but now it's that, what do I post? You know what I mean? It becomes, and then you can get like overwhelmed and you, and you don't post and so on. So how do you work through that? Everybody does. So so you mean like, how do I uh, um, like fall I, without following the framework, but still being able to consistently posting it, right? Yeah. Um, I would say more like sometimes if you really don't feel like posting don't do it nobody is going to basically put a gun into your face and like like remember to post today you know um you're missing that day no no just i think back always looking um uh back to yourself one of i wouldn't say is a strategies but one thing that i've been practicing and it helps me so much it's batching uh content so what's okay. badging content means, and I, I, I call it the batching for brilliance for my clients. 
um, what's badging brilliance for mean is um, you can do it by a weekly basis. If you think it is too crazy, do it weekly basis. I do it monthly. So uh, one month um, uh, of one day, let's say the end of the month or the start of the month, I will have the whole day block. Nobody can access me. Only my VA could, could call me. That's it. And um, I would uh, have a really comfortable space with, with my coffee, with my tea, and then just to batch content. Think about this month. What are some of the content that I really want to post? And then following the framework that I have. And obviously, that day will be where I will produce roughly around 20 pieces or even 30 pieces. So by the time you start at Nita to post, you don't need to worry that you don't have the content. So I hope that is helpful in terms of like putting a structure in place. And if that day I, I woke up, I have confirmed that day is batching for Brilliance content day for Selena and it, I don't feel like it, then I need to move it to other, another day because that's, that's, you know, it's really tied to how you feel that day. And I know it's really difficult, I would say. I try a couple of exercises with my clients. Some of it really works for a month. Some really just scale it back a little bi-weekly and uh, weekly. Um, but they all tell me the same. Like after really implementing this approach, they will no longer have a moment where like, I need to post. I don't know what to post. And then just like have this keyboard freezing moment for an hours and hours, wasting more time. So I would... I would put this as a structure. For sure. And I've definitely had those, you know, keyboard freezing moments uh, myself, I must say. But I think that's a great approach because it removes, you know, you've identified one day and it's like, it's like your plan day. You know, I'm going to make everything today. And then it's just, it's literally just clicking a button and posting. There's not, there's no more, you don't have to think about it. There's no more creativity that you have to come up with on the day. So you know, like you said, bi-monthly or bi-weekly, depending whatever works for you. I think that's a really great idea and really, really good advice that a lot of people could use. And I think I need to also start using myself for the stuff I do. Um, Selena, I want to be conscious of our time. So just have a couple more uh, questions for you. Number one is what have you found to be or what do you see is the biggest mistake people are making on LinkedIn because I think besides algorithm besides like posts I think there's a mistake that is very common that people might be making and they're not really aware of it so what would you say you've seen is like maybe the one or two biggest mistakes that people are making yeah the very first one I would say it's it's very sad <laughs> it's they thought building a strong online present brand happens overnight that some of the conversation and even I saw in other people's posts, they're like, I don't understand this. Like back to a uh, lot like your point, right? Like um, uh, Agrifem, all these, these are shouldn't be things that you should be learning right now. Start doing, you know, optimizing your profile, start from building a strong all style LinkedIn profile, then you move um, up. That's how everyone, everybody started. So Success doesn't over like doesn't happen overnight. Um, 
it's not a short-term thing when it comes to building personal branding. That's why when I talk about whether it's achievable, everything, it's back to your mindset, right? If you think you are dedicated or committed to making this really successful, you will go ahead and make it happen. And that's the only thing a strong personal branding can carry with you no matter which stage of the life you're at, right? So look at what we talk about Gary Vee, think about Tony Robbins, Richard Benson, all these people doesn't come success overnight. It's a lot of hard work and that's the personal branding really is. So I do think that's like a common mistake. Everybody coming to a platform, feeling that next day they're going to be boom, 10,000 followers. Yeah. I mean, there would be perhaps 0.01% chance that <laughs> you could be that person, but not, not that I see it very often. So I would see this is the number one mindset adjustment. Um, a couple of things that I think I've been sharing through always really not fully optimizing the LinkedIn profile, not forgetting about certain sections that really um, uh, are missing out from your LinkedIn, like recommendation, which I constantly address. That's like the best social proof when someone is going to your profile, like, oh, Holly, I'm so drawn to what you're saying about the headline summary, blah, 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 and then scroll down and see your recommendation. They will feel even more cred like credible to work with you, right? Because you obviously have that amazing present online so i would say not fully optimizing our profile smaller things that i see common mistake is that not being authentic trying to be some somebody else which is quite common when when you see someone's pose they're copying each other and trying to be another person um the other thing might be you have saw saw it happen or someone done it to you as well they sell it right away through the email right the the minute they connect with you <laughs> they just like buy this buy that and then send tons of links about their website and you just get pulled off like who would love to get sell to like this you need to build the relationship Agency. you need to build the trust so yeah these are three um common mistakes that i see all throughout the platform sure i think Thank you so much for sharing that with us and for the audience. I think those are really important things because like we said, you might not be aware you're doing it. I think the point about especially personal branding, you're not going to have the following. You're not going to have that presence online overnight. It's going to take a long time to you know build that credibility. Also on your point about recommendations, I never had any in the past. And then I had someone on the podcast who told me, He's like, Khalid, you should ask your guests to write your recommendations after coming on your show. And I'm like, you know, what? that's a great idea. And like you said, when you when you scroll and that's one of the first things I go to on someone's profile, I'm like, OK, let's see what other people have said about them. And it really does add a lot of credibility to whatever you know area you're in, whatever type of person you are, your personal brand. So that's a fantastic one. And like you said, starting with the basics, you know, make sure the like the Profiles optimized at least to the minimum for you. Don't worry about algorithms. Don't worry about all that kind of stuff. Just get the basics right. And then once that's all in place, you can start moving on, you know, and adapting and getting better and so on. So I think that's really, really good advice. And I think a lot of people could really use that. From I know my, it's a lot of tough love there. No, uh, listen, <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, but right? sometimes, sometimes. I was telling a lot of clients sometimes. Exactly. Like yeah. tough love and, you know, shake them a little and understanding. It's not time to understand the aggro. 
But before that, you know, having like this basis so that you can build on top of it, then you'll be able to get that success for sure. A hundred percent. Totally, totally, totally agree with you. Um, and for my last two questions, Selena, these are questions I ask all my guests. So number one, looking back, uh, you, you know, your career at LinkedIn, where you're doing within Academy or maybe in your personal life, what would you say you're most proud of for yourself? Wow, I love that. Take the leap of faith. <laughs> um, I never thought I would start my own company, right? I was telling you all these crazy stories, but at the same time, I never thought I would open my own company. I was thinking about, you know, working for a cool company forever and just, you know, being one of the, the chipped in this huge, humongous machine that it's already very well oiled. Next day, somebody can replace me, right? And um, uh, so I would say taking the leap of faith, it's something that I'm super proud of, as well as really um, relationship building. It's one of the things that I take pride on a lot. Um, like whenever whoever that engaged with me on LinkedIn, I make sure they're well taken care of and I follow through some of the relationship building over there. Um, uh, most of my clients also become friends with me, which is something even bonus out of a relationship. So I would say like these two are the um, things that I, if I can choose, I would do it over and over again. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I really, I really love those. You know, like they say, it's the fact that you, your business also allows you to build relationships with people and that you had no plan to start a business and circumstances happen you know you took a chance on yourself and here you are right now that's really really awesome uh, and i love i love love that story and for my last question what is the message you'd like everyone to take home with them today wow Ooh, tons of message we have talked about <laughs> <laughs> if um for linkedin i would say really start working on the personal branding right now no more procrastination it's today, not tomorrow, and yesterday is already passed. So remember to really spend personal branding and don't really identify yourself with a company sometimes. Really build out your personal branding because that's something that it's going to be hold on forever with you. It's like language skills, right? You know to speak a certain language is going to be within you um, yeah. and nobody can take away from you. And that's the personal brand. A little bit of entrepreneur advice that I love that you brought out um, earlier when, when I'm talking about taking the leap of faith. One thing that you share is, you know, um, taking chances in myself. And I hope that for whoever that is listening to your amazing podcast show today, really think about whether you're truly happy as well as whether you're taking a full chance in yourself. If you're looking into jumping from a side hustle to real full-time entrepreneur go and do it why because you have nothing to lose my friend you just go and take a leap of faith let's say in two or three years down in the row you're going to be you know not super successful you can't make a living how is it so difficult to go back um, uh, to the you know job platform or career to find it, um, a full-time job? They are always constantly waiting for you. And there's 14K open jobs on LinkedIn. Um, fully 
available for you, right? But why not taking the leap of faith today? So these are the two things that I, I really hope um, that will help your audience. <laughs> nah, nah, that's very great advice. Um, and I think a lot of people can relate to it. I think in COVID, I actually had someone on the podcast that was like, when if anyone had something they wanted to do because COVID happened and every, it affected everyone, you know, people lost jobs or whatever. It, it was kind of like, now you had that, that almost like that excuse that you didn't have before, you know, like, Oh, COVID, you know what? Let me try to go do my own, uh, make something, you know, for myself. And I think you said a great point about asking yourself the question, are you really happy? Is this what you want to be doing for the next, you know, 10, 20, 30 years. And like you said, try it. If hopefully it works out, if it doesn't, you can always go back, you know, and get a job. Might not be exactly what you want, but you do have something, you know, to go back to. And I think a lot of people can uh, can resonate with that. Selena, I wanted to say thank you so much for coming on the show today. This has been such a fun conversation. I think I've learned a lot about, you know, LinkedIn and branding. And I think anyone listening to this who's either looking for a job, trying to, you know, build a LinkedIn profile or just get on LinkedIn and under start, you know, utilizing the platform and learning about entrepreneurship can take a lot from this. So thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. And thank you so much for having me. It has been a wonderful conversation with you. And I learned so much from you too, my friend. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. Guys, to everyone listening, uh, thank you for your time. Make sure to follow the podcast. Uh, I hope it helps on Instagram. That's hope.it.helps with two S's. Uh, check out uh, Selena's work at the Inn Academy if you're looking for some coaching, you know, want to build your business or your personal brand on LinkedIn. And as always, guys, hope it helps. Peace. <laughs>